Thank you, love, and welcome to Medicine Caller Podcast. I want to invite you another layer deeper into the temple. We have a Patreon, and I would love for you to check it out. There are layers of support and nourishment for people calling medicine and for people restoring the temple, people healing together. I would love for you to come support this podcast and be supported in even more ways. To all my Patreon members, thank you. We are in this together. I appreciate you. I'm grateful. We'll talk soon. Consider yourself invited. Check it out, and I invite you to join. Let's get on with the show. Intimate, wise, and healing conversations with the people who are carrying us through this time of true transformation and complete rebirth. Welcome to Medicine Caller, where visionaries share the real, the raw, the good, and the holy. I am your host, Sophia Wise One. Let's journey. beauties and welcome to Medicine Caller. I'm so grateful to be with you today. I'm so grateful to be with Sean today. We have an incredible human that I came across through the Daybreaker community, um, really weaving and celebrating using dance and body as a way to connect and elevate the self and the collective. And Sean's work inspired me, struck me deeply, and I just knew through and through, like we do, like when we see each other out in the world, the people carrying and calling the medicine, I said, this, this being is is doing so much and uh, has graciously come, joined us on the show today. So welcome, 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 welcome. Thank you so much, Sean. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Aloha. Mahalo for having me. Oh my goodness. Mahalo so for coming. So grateful. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So tell my listeners a little bit about your your gifts, your journey, like kind of okay. little, just a little framework for where and right. who you walk. Okay. My name is Sean Kekoa Pimentel. Uh, I'm a Kanaka uh, Native Hawaiian. Uh, I live over in Oahu, Hawaii. And uh, we're currently uh, locked down over here uh, in Hawaii. Um, Although we do have, we, we're having visitors right now, and, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little later, but uh, we're trying to keep, you know, our, our kupuna, our ancestors and our elders uh, safe over here uh, because of the, the pandemic. Um, but uh, I'm an artist, I'm a musician, uh, prominently a record producer. Um, I, I started off playing the drums when I was six. My parents put me in private lessons. And music has taken me through school. Uh, I've been through the cello and the trombone and everything, but predominantly drums. Mm-hmm. Um, and in high school, I took up um, uh, choral, choral uh, singing and um, 
Um, also, we have a we have a what we call a song contest over here, which is like this the private school that I went to. It's a, a Hawaiian based uh, private school. You actually need um, Hawaiian blood to go to this school, and it's one of the uh, yeah the, the top schools in the nation. Actually, it's called Kamehameha School. And um, they have a song contest where uh, all the classes get together and we sing songs of our uh, of, of our language, and uh, it's choral style singing. And so I led my class and you know did all that kind of stuff. And I was in the marching band and in the orchestra at the same time. Went on to college a little bit over at UH uh, Manoa uh, University of Hawaii at Manoa. Uh, studied music and Hawaiian language, Hawaiian studies, and uh, from there I. Uh, I'd just been living in studios, in music studios, recording studios, and making records, uh, playing with different bands, and I started touring at a young age, and um, been doing that for the last uh, 30 some years, you know, just touring and making music and meeting awesome people like you. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. And, uh, and part of that, this is a question. I'm mm-hmm. saying it like it's a statement, but it's a question. No problem. Part, part of that is giving voice to the land, giving voice to the yes. ancestors, giving voice to yes. your history and, yes. and re-educating a lot of yes. us in that process. Definitely. I mean, we're all re-educating ourselves every day and we need to be open-minded and open-hearted to, to learning every day. That's, that's what feeds us. And once we're closed off to that, uh, that's the end. <laughs> you know, that's, but, that's the end. <laughs> there's no coming back from that. Yeah. Um, but really, our our people. I, I think um, through Daybreaker, it was really nice of Rana and um, and Eli to um, allow me to talk a little bit about our culture. And I think um, how this conversation came about is we we have you know tourism is our main industry here, which is kind of sad. Um, you know, for Hawaii, because when we have so many tourists coming every year, it uh, tends to take away from our natural resources. Uh, you know, there's much more erosion, um, you know, waste and on all these sorts of things, which years ago, uh, when tourism started to become such a huge um, part of our economy, I don't think people were educated, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, like how we are now and the impacts right. that it's creating on the earth. So going back to, to our people, um, our, our Hawaii people, um, I think the, the misconception is that if you're born here in Hawaii or you, you live here in Hawaii, that you're Hawaiian. And unfortunately, it doesn't work that way as if, uh, you know, like I told uh, Eli them, if, if someone moves to Japan, they don't automatically become Japanese, you know. Right. It's actually an ethnicity and a race here. Um, so there is Hawaiian blood. We have our own culture. We have our own language. We have our own dance, our own music, all these things that have, have thrived for, for thousands of years. Um, Polynesians, just to give you a, a short history, all of our Polynesians, brothers and sisters, um, Samoans, Tongans, Tahitians, Maori people from, from Aotearoa, which we call it, which is New Zealand, um, Micronesia, the Marshall Islands, um, we're all related. And the way that we're related is if we go back thousands of years, we had... Uh, our, our navigators jumped on these huge double-hulled canoes and were able to navigate through all the islands back and forth. This is proven in our history. Just mm-hmm. navigating by the stars, by the winds, by the ocean currents, by the birds. And we actually um, recreated this uh, years and years ago. There's a, a master navigator named Mao Pilong, and uh, he's from Micronesia. And he came over and he taught our navigators how to do this by reading the stars. 
And so there's no, we're, we're only powered by the wind and the currents. And we're able to travel through the islands and, and back and forth. And about three years ago, um, well, actually, I'll take it back. Back in the 70s, um, some friends of ours had built a double hulled canoe and were able to sell it and, and show everyone that we could sail back and forth to, to, to Tahiti, to Samoa, to all these places, to Rapa Nui, which uh, people know as Easter Island. And um, about three years ago, we did what's called the Malama Honua tour. This canoe, the Hokulea, sailed all the way around the world. Just powered on the, uh, go look it up. It's, it's called the Malama Honua uh, tour. M-A-L-A-M-A, -A -A, Malama Honua, H-O-N-U-A. And if you look up this tour, what they did was they went around the whole world, stopping, um, connecting with other indigenous peoples, um, other people of those lands where they live, and brought more consciousness towards taking care of our honua, our earth, our land, mm. and um, how we can be uh, conserve water better, how we can uh, you know dispose of waste or not create waste, um, all these sorts of things, and sustainability. We believe that Hawaii is like the center of sustainability. We're in the middle of the beautiful Pacific Ocean, and you know we can grow our own food. We have the best and cleanest water in the world. We don't have to drink bottled water. You know, we don't have to filter our water. It's beautiful. And so all these things, I'm sorry, kind of getting off on a tangent, but the Malamohonu tour. With you. <laughs> Thank you. With, uh, with the Hukulea went around the world, and, and that's how our navigators of years ago ended up here in Hawaii. So in our history, you can follow uh, all these navigations through all the different nations of Polynesia. And Hawaii is the last place where they came and they migrated and we ended up here. So we're truly like a melting pot and, and um, you know, uh, descendants of all of our other bro uh, brothers and sisters to Polynesia. So uh, we're, we, we call ourselves the youngest people of Polynesia. You know, we're the newest oh. ones. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very, very special place. And, and our culture um, is very young. Um, although we, we've been around for thousands of years, our language and, um, was a spoken language. Uh, we didn't, it wasn't a written language before the missionaries came. Um, and years ago, all we did was we chanted. And that's how we remembered our genealogies. That's how we talked about our stories. That's how we remembered how we, where we migrated from. That's how we taught each other. That's how we, you know, gave lessons to each other it was through chants and through stories. And it wasn't until the missionaries came and became it became a, a written language. And like we know this story all too well with indigenous peoples, when you know the uh, the foreigners come, they try to change everything, yeah. and they forbade us to. They push Christianity on us, and uh, which you know we didn't think was such a bad thing I guess at the time because you don't know it's just, it's a brand new thing you know right um uh well actually I'll go back even even further than that back in uh, 1776 uh we had uh, Captain James Cook came over and like Columbus rediscovered not right. discovered rediscovered the islands um as if you know people say correct that every day about Columbus rediscovering America um yeah. so Jap Captain James Cook came over here at that time, Hawaiians had never seen a person of white skin before. And so they thought he was a ghost. They thought he was a god. And at that time, we were celebrating a season called Makahiki. M-A-K-A-H-I-K-I. -I. It's called Makahiki. This okay. season of, 
Yeah, Makahiki is a time of, of rest. It's a time of no war. Mm -hmm. It's a time to replenish the earth. Um, it really is a time to let the land grow and to flourish and let the people flourish. Because when the land can replenish, the people can replenish. Just like the quarantine right now with this pandemic, the land is flourishing. The people can flourish too, as long as we listen to the land. So at this time of Makahiki, we, um, we uh, were giving, paying tribute to one of our, our major gods, which is, uh, which is Lono. And um, so when this, this ship that they'd never seen before with big white sails came in, they thought this was Lono coming in. They thought it was this, this ghost, this, this god that was coming in. And so they were so blown away. And he came over and they looked at him and they were like, wow, ha'ole, you know, which means ha means breath. Mm. And ha, ha is, I mean, it's the center for us as well. Ha and ole meaning none. So you may have heard the term haole. If, if for those of you that have visited Hawaii, haole is not a bad term. It's it's one of those words that when it's used in a derogatory way, then yes. But haole literally means no breath. And it's because when they looked at Captain James Cook, they saw that he was white. They thought he was dead. They dead. thought he was a right. god. Yeah, no breath. So that's how they termed this you know, haole, right? So we... We thought, wow, this guy's awesome. You know, he's a god. And they started giving him gifts and bowing right. down to him and giving him everything. And in turn, he brought his men over to the shore. He raped our women, gave us diseases, made people sick, left, you know, and took whatever he wanted and he left. And then shortly after, he came back for more. And that's when we realized this isn't Lono because Lono would never harm us like that. Right. So we, we killed him. And that was the end of James Cook. And, and, and that's the beginning of the story to, the, to why we are where we are today. Because after that, the missionaries came. They taught Christianity. They pushed Christianity on us. Well, we became the most literate nation. Not, not state, not land. Nation. We are considered a nation by the UN years ago. Because we're our own uh, monarchy. We ruled our own people. And so years ago, school started. The missionaries pushed the written language and all these sorts of things on us. They forbade us to speak our own language because they wanted to strengthen English in the community, in the, in the land. And so our language was almost lost up until mm -hmm. about almost 20, little over 20 years ago, we started to bring this back. But... So that's just kind of a, a little, um, you know, uh, blast to the past. After the missionaries came, that continued. Uh, plantation workers started coming, all these sorts of things. Um, to, and, and what happened was we had businessmen that came in, foreign businessmen that came in, infiltrated the system. And they started running businesses here and teaching Hawaiians, like, this is what you need. You need money. You know, you don't need land. You don't need land. Land, land is nothing. You know, you need, the, you need these things. You need nails. You need steel nails because this is worth more than land. And people started giving their land away. You know, this is what you need. You need guns. You don't need land. Started losing our land. Next thing you know, in 1893, they imprisoned our last queen, Queen Lili Uokalani. She lived in Iolani Palace. For those of you that have visited here and probably know the story, she lived right Right in the middle of Oahu, 
uh, right downtown in Honolulu, there's a, our, our longest um, uh, built palace. Or, or, um, it's, it's been built, you know, so many years ago. The Iolani Palace actually had electricity before the White House had electricity. <laughs> yeah, that's how cool it is. So you can, you can Google that as well. But while she was living in the palace, all these businessmen came in. They sided with the government, with the U.S. government. They brought in the U.S. military. They put all their ships all offshore, and they went to the palace. They imprisoned the queen, and they said, sign this treaty of annexation, or we're going to kill all your people. Oh. And that's how we became part of the U.S. And although we were already considered our own nation by the U.N., so uh, contrary to the, the rules of war, you cannot overthrow another nation like that. You cannot annex another nation to a nation. So we're in belief that we were wrongly annexed. We're not part of the U.S. And we've been, we've been uh, apologized to by the Obama administration, the Clinton administration. You look, it goes all the way back. There's been other presidents that have, have um, issued apologies and saying, yeah, you were wrongly annexed. And so we, we still believe that. And because of that, you know, the U.S. government thought, it's a great idea. Let's militarize Hawaii because it's right. right in the middle. It's a great hub. It's right in yeah. the middle of the Pacific. Very strategic place. So the military came over here. They started bombing one of our islands, Koholabe, back in the 70s and testing all their bombs over there. And a bunch of our uncles and aunties, some of them who are still here, went over to the island. They paddled over there. They, 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 they took boats over there. And they stood there while these guys were going to bomb and risk their lives to stop the bombing of Koholabe. And so these are things that have been going on for years and years and years. And the stories are endless. And I just encourage people. I don't challenge. I encourage you to go and, and do some of this, you know, delving into the history because like our Native American brothers and sisters, like other indigenous cultures, uh, indigenous people in the Amazon that are losing their land every day and losing their resources, this is exactly what we deal with. And people just think, no, you guys are just part of the U.S. You're just like us, you know, and we really aren't. We're holding on to our culture. We're holding on to our language, you know, and so those sorts of things. So that's just in a nutshell you know, not even bringing up to the present day of, of some of these other issues that we're dealing with that I, I can also talk about too, if you'd like to hear those. Yeah, I, I just want to say thank you. And I just have that moment, you know, for me, just that, like the waves, just the waves of honoring, like the, the, re, the realness of what you just shared. And so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like that thank in you. my heart and my womb and in my blood, like the blessings and the honoring of the of the ancestors and and mm -hmm. those of you that are like there now you know but the mm -hmm. whole the reverb that like we're not in it's not by no means a um a a, a past right right like the right. illusion part of this like the patriarchal colonial illusion right. is that it's already right. happened that it's right. over right right that it's, that it's over it. like back it happened like back then when there were indigenous people and it's like no right, right. No, back then no. <clears throat> when things happen and it's like to recognize I was talking about this last night of this recognition of like for me this is my this is my like deep faith like kind of mm -hmm. visionary self that sees it understands that like it is our I believe that it is our it is the truth of our of our not even our human nature but our earth nature right like our mm -hmm. kind of this this planet's nature that we 
lean and cultivate towards equanimity and care mm-hmm. and nourishment. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. those, it can't be passed. That domination and control can't be passed because once it stops, it loses mm-hmm. its grip, you know? Right. So it has to be constantly reasserting itself or else it doesn't hold. And that is also a, a, a pathway to hope for me, which is like, yes. let it crumble. And then, yes. you know, the part yes. of, yeah, that's, please, that's beautiful. That's beautiful because we do have a term here called hulihia. Hulihia is spelled H-U-L-I-H, sorry, H-U-L-I-H-I-A. And hulihia is, um, it's, it's uh, the, the process of uh, reconstruction or regrowth through deconstruction. And, and the way that we teach that is, um, you might have heard of Pele, who's a goddess of the volcano, a goddess mm-hmm. of fire. You know? Yes. Many people pay homage to her. Yes. And um, we believe she's a, a, you know, she's very present with us. Um, and we, we give her great honor all the time. But when, when the volcano erupts, like we had a huge eruption over on the big island of Hawaii a few years ago, lots of desecration of homes and things like that, living communities. But yeah. us Hawaiians believe like, well, if you're going to build your house in an active volcano area, like what do you expect? You know, it's like yeah. building your house, like in a place where, you know, it's known for like uh, tsunamis or, you know, earthquakes and those sorts of things. That's the chance you take. It's, it's the earth speaking to us. Like I need to, I need to release. I need to, I need to do these things. But Hulihia is that is that is that a destruction where Pele comes through with the lava and she destructs everything she just runs over everything and after that destruction happens there's this quiet there's this peace and then you see this these lehua blossoms these the, the first blossom to, to grow is called the lehua l-e-h-u-a and the ohia lehua blossom is very very uh sacred to us but it's the first thing to grow after a lava flow and after that, you see this new growth. And after that, many other things start to grow. People can come back. They can live on the land, you know, and, and, and all these things. And it's, it's that process of regrowth and regeneration after destruction, which, at, you know, in the beginning of 2020, before the pandemic started hitting, I actually mm-hmm. talked with my family about that and said, we feel this like sort of uneasiness already uh you know in this world and and we believe that there's something that's really going to happen to to change everything we don't know if it's war what what and it's going to be something that's pretty bad and then it's going to turn into something that's very very good after you know it's going to cleanse there it's going to cleanse the people and that's just something that you said earlier we need to surrender to these things you can't fight them you know you have to you have to learn you have to listen from these things and hulihia is just that thing that you were just talking about you know so it's 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 a beautiful process yeah it's that process of of compost it's one of the mm-hmm. things yeah. i like to say right like composting right. the patriarchy right. uh, that right. place of like you know it's right. shit has a place you know right, right. to grow something right. You know, yes, to, to it's beautiful. There's beauty in that. There's beauty in shit, you know? Right. For sure. We live in poop's world. Um, yeah. I, one of the things you talk about just, you know, I think language is mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. P- powerful. One of the things I know this being, you know, an English speaker and, mm-hmm. and, and this understanding, oh, it's I, like really touches me really deeply. 
in my healing and in my reclamation with my understanding that my indigenous ancestors are centuries back, like mm -hmm. the medicine mm -hmm. in that, in, mm -hmm. in some of those bloodlines, I have to go many, mm -hmm. many, I have to go way, way, way back to, to, to ask to, to reclaim and restore their already gathered knowledge. And one of the things that happens sometimes is I'll learn these, I'll, I'll, you know, get a vision, I'll know what to do, I'll get, make a thing and I'll get words, right? I'll get language. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Because this understanding that, you know, when you attempt to eradicate a language or you eradicate mm -hmm. a language, language, this, not only the sounds, which I believe are powerful, the way in which mm -hmm. we make the words, mm -hmm. but also the way in which we construct understanding through words comes from this place of perspective, right? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. there's this way with English that I can feel it sometimes like tangle in, mm -hmm. in, inside me of like the very some of the very elements of this language is either antithetical or mm -hmm. doesn't hold the understanding for that right. which i'm trying to speak to it doesn't right. understand wholeness right, <laughs> it doesn't right. it's actually... lost in translation too yeah yeah, yeah. 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 and mm -hmm. and so i wonder about and kind of whatever kind of stirs in you i think about mm -hmm. the reclaiming of the language in the past 20 years mm -hmm. and i think about this the the hawaiian nation saying mm -hmm. we're a nation and this mm -hmm. concept of um what was the word you used i kept saying it in my head hulihia 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 yeah this this process of one of the things that i've been saying in this in the in the race rebellion the, the reclamation of of justice and under social justice and understanding humanity in mm -hmm. in that's happening right now is you know we can burn it to the ground mm -hmm. <laughs> that's not a problem <laughs> my, right that's not a problem but there is an aspect of if we don't change the way that we're thinking Mm -hmm. Right. And it's kind of like this, this fundamental, the way that we're speaking or the way that we're thinking, we will actually just rebuild another form. Right. Like that, unless we make space for the earth to come forward, right. And right. lead that regrowth. If we, right. if we right. lead that regrowth with our dominating controlling perspectives, we're not going to build something new. So it's exactly. part of <clears throat> coming into that place of remembering and shifting and patience. So that's kind of, these are the elements. I think about the language. I think about where we are. I think about Hulihia. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. That's beautiful. So I love that. I love that concept and, and rebuilding, meaning that you can't just build on top of stuff and keep building on top of stuff. You have to get back into the roots you have to mm. get all the way down in the dirt in order to properly build that foundation. So yeah. it's a huge thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But our language just to give you a, a little, uh, a few tidbits of, of our language. Our language is probably the simplest language in the world. We only have 13 letters in our language. Mm. It's five vowels, right? And, and we pronounce them A-E-I-O-U, just like uh, Spanish or even Japanese, A-E-I-O-U. And then we have um, these, uh, the consonants are H, H-E-K-L-A-M-U-N-U-P-V-E. Uh, and mm. the reason that we say it with, with the, uh, with a, a vowel as well is because every word um, ends with a, with a vowel. All the Hawaiian words end with a vowel. So, and we don't have any what we call consonant clusters. So two consonants together. So we don't have like ST, like those diphthongs and those sorts of things together. Yeah. And so we have A-E-I-O-U and then we have Heke La Munu Pive. And then we have what we call a, an, an okina or glottal stop. And it looks like an upside down apostrophe. 
And so you may have seen that. And what you yeah. do is you stop your breath. So if you if it's spelled like O and then Okina and then O, what you do is you don't say O like a long O. There's a there's a place where you stop your breath and you say O O O O O O Yeah. So you say you stop your breath. It's called a glottal stop, and that's actually considered one of our letters. So that's the thirteenth letter, and um, our language is very very simple. It's it's very descriptive. It's very uh, the words are are very poetic. Um, and so, uh, although it, it seems like such a simple language, there's so much deeper meaning to it. You know, it's like le- reading like Rumi. You know, it, right. it seems like his words are so simple, but when you Spacious. ponder on those things, yeah. It, and then it, it just, it repurposes itself for you. You know, mm-hmm. like, what does this mean for me? You know, and, mm-hmm. and a simple concept, I'm not sure if I sent, if I shared it in the Daybreaker thing was uh, the, the concept of lay. I think I talked about lay. When you come to Hawaii and, and people give you lei, right? Uh, L-E-I. It's a, like a flower garland that we make. And people think when you come to Hawaii, like, oh, I'm just going to have hula girls coming over there and they're just going to give me leis and stuff like that. And I said, you know what that is? That's called cultural appropriation. <laughs> That's just this, this nonsense of years ago, settlers came and said, we're going to take the best parts of your culture which is aloha spirit. Everyone says this aloha spirit thing, which is, oh, you, they're just known for being really nice and just giving. Like whatever we want, they'll just give us, you know. We, we, walk, we walk into their house and they start serving us. And I think if you look in any indigenous culture, that's just how people are. They're very giving. But when settlers come and continue to take and take and take and take, and then we kind of re-educate ourselves to say, hey, wait a minute now, we're, we're kind of catching on here, you know? And so that aloha spirit wasn't a Hawaiian concept. Um, it's not something that we taught. That's something that's bred in us, you know, to give aloha. And aloha meaning, everyone's known that word aloha. To break down aloha, alo, A-L-O, uh, means uh, face, it, it, it means face uh, or to be in. Uh, so if you say aloha, 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 aloha means face to face, right? Mm. And ha, and I taught you what ha meant earlier, right? When we said ha ole, um, breath. Ha means breath. So aloha is like that, that, that face, uh, that breath that you have in, in someone's face, right? That, and that's how we connect. We connect through the breath, like wow. every other indigenous people. Right. And so... Aloha, it really is that. It's the sharing of breath. It's the sharing of this face-to-face communication and interaction. And it's not just the spirit of, come over here and we're going to give you whatever we got. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so our language, yeah, if you, if you look up our language, it's very, very simple. Um, so 30 years ago, we went and started, because our language was dying and we had very, very few native speakers, um, we followed our brothers and sisters, our Maori brothers and sisters over in Aotearoa in, in New Zealand. They have a, um, these schools that they built years before called uh, Kahangareo. Kahangareo means the language nest. And yeah. just to show you how, how close we're connected, Kahanga, Kahanga is uh, the nest part. And we say Punana. So they say Kahanga and we say Punana. And they say Reo, R-E-O. And we say Leo, L-E-O. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that are just kind of substituted. So we came up with our school called Punanaleo. And what we did was we started these preschools where we raised our children speaking their, our native language. Um, and so therefore, 
they're actually native, what we call Manaleo speakers, right? Uh, yeah, na native speakers, I guess is the English term for that. Manaleo speakers, because they're, they're, that's their first language. And so when we speak, like I learned, I learned Hawaiian uh, later on in my years and uh, in, in through high school and in, into college. And so when I think of something like for everyone who's, who's learned a foreign language, you always like translating in your head right? and then translating that. The difference is when you're speaking that language as a native speaker, especially for Hawaiians, you dream in that language. You don't think in English first and then dream in, and then, and then translate to Hawaiian. So these children have these principles and, 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 and the basis of our people that are just bred in them. They don't have to try to learn things. They just are. They're naturally these, these, new resources really of our land you know? absolutely yeah and right and there's so much it's like i hmm, i know how important it is because i can feel it in my body the way that my mm -hmm. body is just mm -hmm. like so relieved to have you say like the language nest like as kindergarten like that early my whole being is like this is good holy news right like this it is, is this beautiful. is really good and you and we also can see how important and powerful it is to have our own languages be our root languages or, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. part of that because they have been targeted as a tool of oppression. If it wasn't so key to having people mm -hmm. remain in their autonomous center, it wouldn't have been targeted, right? Exactly. But because, exactly. so it's, it's confirmed through that, you know, that, mm -hmm. that it is, that it fundamentally, when you have that within you, there's a validity to that experience, to your own experience and digestion of reality that I think can't really be measured except witnessed and known and, and kind of experienced in those ways. Right. right. That's so, and, and it's a, another way for us to connect, you know, in this world that we have right now is through languages, is yeah. to learn each other's cultures. Yeah. We go to Japan a lot, a lot. Or um, Hawaiian culture is very um, embraced in Japan, our hula and our music. And so being a touring musician, I'm there like almost every month. Uh, right. This is the longest I haven't been there. You know, it's been, we've been locked down, what, three months now? And we miss it. We miss the people there. And it's because they don't exploit our culture. They yeah. really embrace our culture. And when we started going over there, you know, 30, 40 years ago, teaching, teaching our culture to them, a lot of people, a lot of our traditionalists said, hey, they, you guys are exploiting our culture. And I said, when you meet these people, they're an island people just like us. And the difference is they're not exploiting our culture because they're very grounded in their own culture. That's right. And they're embracing our culture. And now we find that there's other what we call mana suckers in the world. Mana, mana means power. here. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so mana, uh -huh. mana is a very beautiful word that you can use every day. Mana, mm. you can use that as, as your key, as, as anything. You know. So when you're praying and you tell people, Embrace that mana. Call upon that mana, the mana mm. of the of the land of the Aina, right? So this mana, or we call people mana suckers, is when they come and they just take stuff. But we find that other indigenous peoples or other people that are rooted in their cultures or their beliefs or their backgrounds and those sorts of things, yeah, they embrace other cultures more openly. Yeah. You know, it's it's not looking for I'm not looking for uh, uh, something to belong to. You know, right. I'm not trying to join a new group or learn a new hobby because I, I, I'm not rooted in my own thing. And, and that's what we really push upon our children is learn who you are, learn where you come from, embrace that. 
and then from there you grow your roots and your foundation is so much, you know, is, is so much stronger. Um, there's kids that are, are running around in gangs because they don't have that family system, you know, that they believe roots you or that community that roots you. Um, you know, over here, what we try to teach them is culture. Right. You know, you're looking for a gang to belong to. You're looking for a, a bunch of people to hang out with that will embrace you. Go back and look at your culture. That's your gang. You know, yeah. those are the guys that are going to embrace you. And once you find that you, you, you feel a part of this and you feel this pride, this overwhelming sense of pride, from there you become the stronger person and you can do more. I mean, I can, I can tell just talking with you that you're rooted in your foundation. You're very, like, self-loving you're very confident in what you know and what you believe and what you stand for. Also with an open mind and an open heart to learn new things as you go along. But because of that, you can embrace others. We find that there's people that aren't so well sensed, you know, yeah. in themselves and don't have that sort of confidence or there's too much insecurity or uncertainty. It's hard to embrace other things and new things. You know, we teach this every day. Yeah. I, when I teach, because people came to me and said, teach, teach me. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. <laughs> teach, me right. teach me this faith you have, you know. Right, right. And Tell me the first, answers. Tell me right, the answers. They first came to me and I said, I, like, no, I, yeah. I know. And then I said, oh, okay, okay, I will, I'll teach you. I'll, I'll share with you what I have, right? I'll share right. with you what I, what I have found. And, right. um, and what I kind of really what I have come to find everything that you're talking about right now is just everything is and you know is this understanding of you know when we are so hungry but blindly hungry there is this con- consumption of like looking for and trying to find something that fills us and that mm-hmm. is creates a very different dynamic and exchange and so the work that I do with people is so oriented into finding the authority and that taproot Mm -hmm. through our own spirit, through our own blood, through our own body and Mm -hmm. gathering the knowledge and the confidence in that, Mm -hmm. the validity of that experience, the validity of like, I don't have to, um, I don't have to be told. I just had this conversation Mm -hmm. with a client today. We were talking about ancestors and they Mm -hmm. said, I said, when you heal, you know, your ancestors, like it's scary when you break a lineal pattern, you think Mm -hmm. often we think I'm going to lose my connection with my ancestors. If I get, if I give up this wounded pattern, then, you know, it's like any living relationship. If I, if I put down this boundary, I might lose them entirely. And I said, Mm -hmm. what I can say is that I have found over and over again that the opposite happens. Like you put that down and then everybody heals and shifts and then a new relationship is formed. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, he said, did you, um, are you familiar with this author, this ancestor works? That's what he says. Like he says you heal and then they heal. And I just, mm-hmm. just like, yeah, that's cause that's just true. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to read a book that tells you if you show up in real relationship with your ancestors, you will right. find these things to be true because I don't have to, ma- I don't have to convince you. I don't have to make it up. And so, right. and I said, I, I didn't read a book that told me this is how ancestors heal. I healed with my ancestors. Like right. that's how I know that, like that I have a real relationship with that. That's just as real as the ones that I have with my friends that are humans and the it's ones beautiful. that I've developed to have like with the plants, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. when I speak with someone else who has a language or a practice or a lineage of how they commune with their ancestors, how they have a spiritual practice. We have an, 
a personal understanding and what we're exchanging is perspectives, approaches, mm -hmm. language, not, mm -hmm. um, not a validity of experience. Right. Right. So right. I think right. that that is a huge piece of, of what we're healing right now is the validity. And this is, I think, again, I don't mean to harp on this and we don't need to go back to it, but it echoes back into that language piece of the authority language inside mm -hmm. us, you know, mm -hmm. and moving beyond language. Mm -hmm. I find that that I talk yeah. about words being vehicles, like we put a vibration, we put a meaning into the shape of the word, and then we pass mm -hmm. the word over and hope that the, vib the, the, the true kind of communication, the vibration travels in this vehicle of, of, the, mm -hmm. of the word. And so I love the simplicity of language that holds an inherent understanding of the real meaning is, is being carried in the word. It's not the word. The word is right. not the true. The word is this ship <laughs> that's carrying exactly. a treasure. And so to be in relationship with language that, that knows mm -hmm. you're listening for what's an experience when you receive that. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I love that. And I think that's why we have to be better listeners every day is because oh. it's not just the words. We have to seek out you know, um, and, and, and that's why I, I despise like texting and emails and all those sorts of things so much <laughs> because it's not that alohealo. It's not that face-to-face. -face. Yeah. So there's so much that goes on when you do face-to-face -face that you can, you can feel the energy. Um, when you just read the text, it's hard to, you know, and, and so many people are, are quick to judge. They're so defensive. I mean, social media is just, just the most horrible thing to read. And, and it's because... <laughs> Everyone's a keyboard warrior. Everyone just wants to state, I know I'm entitled to say my opinion and those sorts of things. That's great. But I think we, there's a, there's a deeper <laughs> delving into That's it. great. <laughs> yeah, that's great. But it's my, I don't need to listen to an opinion. That's my right as well, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, if, if a lot of these things would not be said, you know, you would not say these things face to face. Right. You know, there's so many people that would say these things on, on the keyboard and on the internet and face to face, you would not say that. Why? There's so many reasons, you know, because then people see who you really are. You know, I, I can, I can really learn who you are or mm -hmm. you just might get, you might get poked. <laughs> That's a nice way of saying it. You might get poked if you say the wrong thing, you know, but our language, you, when you speak, it's communication. It's, it's that key. I mean, it, it just sounds so redundant, Commune. but that communication yeah. is. Yeah, commune, it, it really is getting into the other person's energy and being open-minded to not doubt what you're saying or not second-guess what you're saying, but really look for that deeper meaning of those words that you're trying to communicate to me. And a lot of times, it's more than just the words. That, and I know you teach that. It's through that energy. We can just sit here and look at each other for a minute and know what we're saying and what we're doing. You know, And although this is just through Zoom, you know, when we're doing it in person, it's a hundred times better, but this right. is even better than just me texting you and like, wait, what did he mean by that? I don't know what he meant by that. You know, second guessing those things. So language is so, so important. And it's funny that you talk about genealogy and I mean, uh, uh, ancestors and things like that. So when we, in our culture, when we introduce ourselves, we say, our, we, we recite our, our mo'okuaha, which is our genealogy. We say who our parents are. We say who our grandparents are. We say who our great great parents are, and that's just to that's like people's, uh, I guess, 
uh, uh, people introduce themselves and say, well, I'm, I went to this school and I went to this college and I work here and I drive this kind of car. Uh, maybe that's important to them, but this is what's important to us, you know? And um, also too, we, we uh, uh, recognize through our introductions, um, our, our mountain that's closest to us that we're raised near and we name the mountain and we name the land of uh, the body of water that's closest to us the stream the river the mm -hmm. pond the lake the ocean and and we talk about the winds all our winds and our rains all have different names in, in and so i can tell you if i say oh my rain is um Apo, uh, then you know that i'm from kaneohe over on the um on the the windward side of, of oahu and we can write these things in chants but then again, that's where you need to go and research, you know, and listen and, and really look for those things. It's not just the words. It's the meaning behind it. If I say that's the name of my reign, you, you can say, man, he must have wrote this because he lives in Kaneohe. He must be related to so-and-so. His ancestors came from here. That means he lived by this body of water. That means that he farmed this land. That means that he ate this kind of food. That means, you know, and you know all that just by me saying what rained I lived in, you know, and that's how, how in tune we need to be with each other. But nowadays it's just a quick text and like, ah, yeah, okay, next, next, <laughs> next, 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 next. Uh, no. I, so I appreciate you, you saying that. <laughs> oh, you're, yeah, I appreciate everything you're saying right now. I, I, you, I really had a moment right now because two things happened for me. One is... I, again, one of those things of just like, I inherently began to just, I, it just as a result of healing and being in real relationship with the earth and with my ancestors and with the multiple like layers of reality that are taking place, I started to refer to, I'm born and raised in Philadelphia, and I started to mm -hmm. refer to Philadelphia as like the river basins. I would like mm -hmm. name the rivers and I would mm -hmm. just like name, and like, I would just, it was just like, it was, it would just happen. You know, I was like, mm -hmm. this is just mm -hmm. what it is. And it's been very windy here mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. spring everywhere. Mm -hmm. I've been in uh, North Carolina and I've been in New Mexico and now I'm in Colorado and mm -hmm. uh, my, you know, large chunk of my family and friends are in Philadelphia and it's mm -hmm. been a very windy um, spring. And mm -hmm. what I said was, you know, what I've said is like the winds of change, right? Like the mm -hmm. winds of change, the blowing of the winds. And when you, and just last night, the winds were blowing and one of uh i have like i'm like have many names i've like called many things one of them is daughter of the wind and mm -hmm. in my nomadic travels the past few years i'll like live in a place and then i literally the winds will change i'll have a night where i just listen to the winds all night i'll wake up in the morning and i'm like okay it's time for me to go mm -hmm. and um last night i the winds were the winds were really like really there and i woke up this morning and i was like okay it's different like it's the next mm -hmm. it's the mm -hmm. next place and so when you talked about the names of the winds it was I, you just you you just lit you lit something <laughs> in me you lit you like relit a pathway in me because i have the winds mm -hmm. of change and i have like other associations with different winds which mm -hmm. is different than maybe it's different than what you're talking about the rain the different rains or the different winds mm -hmm. by area but mm -hmm. there's also like the winds by like what they're doing or what they're saying right. or how they're yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It's the same. Mm -hmm. There's different, there's, there's trickling, 
rains, you know, and there's misty rains and there's heavy rains and, and depending on the seasons and on and all those things. So we had names for all those things that are very descriptive, but that's right. us, us Hawaiians that we, we would, we would study these things and how they affect our being just like right. you. Today right. is a good day for this. Uh -huh. we, it, we know how the winds affect the tides. Is it a good day to go surfing? Is it a good day to go fishing? You know, right. we know what, what, we don't need a, a calendar. You know, we look at right. the moon, <laughs> we, we look at the, the, the winds, the rains, and we go, that's, that's what today's season is. You know, and we know what we, need, what we need to do because the land, the aina, is calling us and telling us what we need to do. This is, you need to go farm today. Yeah. Keeping us in context, you know, it's just yeah. keeping yeah. us in context, like this, this place where, and that's that belonging, that mm -hmm. heartache, that, that, that colonized tearing and tattering that yeah. makes us so vulnerable to being controlled and being told what to do, yes. um, is yes. in that, is in that tattering, right? right. And we're looking right. for belonging. We're looking to make sense in a place. And when right. the winds make sense and when the earth makes sense and when the, mm -hmm. you know, when your ancestors make sense, you're not so alone. We're not, I'm not right. so alone. You're never alone. I'm never, right. I'm like never alone. I've never, never been alone. alone. We, be, we believe I walk all with the natural, crew. Uh, right. Yeah. Always. Our, all, all our, all our, all our elements are our ancestors. Always. You know, the trees, yeah. everything is a living being to us. We have this thing called Omakua. Omakua is spelled with the Okina. A-U-M-A-K-U-A, Aumakua. Aumakua means family God. And it means after your grandmother passed, she becomes the whale, the kohola. She becomes the manta ray. She becomes the owl. She becomes the shark. You know, all these things that wash over you. And, and the, but you can't just go down to the beach and go, oh, the shark is my Aumakua, so it's not going to eat me. It becomes your almakua and it knows that it's your almakua because you care for it, because you feed it, because you, you tend to it, you know. And so mm. because all of these these living beings are our ancestors, that's how we treat the, the land. We treat the earth that way. And it's not just about sustainability. It's not just about, oh, we want to grow good crops and be able to eat. No, these are our ancestors, you know, like every other indigenous family believes. Yeah. Um, and and I, I talked a little bit about our struggle, which is a really big one. Um, a year ago, well, it's back up. Maybe about 10 years ago, um, a, a bunch of business people, uh, uh, business entities from all over the world, Canada, um, Spain, um, Japan, uh, and the U.S. is a big one. They all put billions of dollars together, and they wanted to build this huge 30-meter uh, uh, telescope. They call it the TMT. You can look this up as well. TMT, the 30-meter telescope over on the Big Island of Hawaii on our tallest mountain. Our tallest mountain over there is called Mauna Awakea, uh, or we just call it Mauna Kea. And everyone goes there, and they love to go up there for the, the sunrises, and it's just beautiful because it, uh, the peak of it is above the clouds. Mm. And it, it's just so beautiful. And it gets really cold. It's it's in the summertime, it can get down to the 30s. And it, there's snow up on there. I mean, you would think, who's, you know, there's snow in Hawaii, yeah. So uh, 10 years ago or so, they, they tried to get all these permits to, to build this thing. And, and, and we kept pushing back, our community kept pushing back, they didn't listen. And of course, money talks, Poly politics talks. 
So next thing you know, they get these permits. They, they tried to build it maybe about ten, uh, five years ago. And we stood, we stood up there, a bunch of our people stood up there and stopped it, went back to the courts, went all the way to the Supreme Court and everything, we, we were able to stop it. Next thing you know, new politicians come in, new money comes in, new permits get, you know, get passed. Okay, now you got a new permit. Okay, they're gonna try again. So last year in July, yeah, almost a year ago, um, we heard that the trucks were going to go up there because they're going to start building. And we all went up there and said, this is our, this is our last stand. We're going to come up here and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to block these trucks. And we went up there and, and hundreds of people went up there. We were there at two in the morning, sleeping in our cars in 30 degree weather. And, uh, you know, Hawaiians, we're warm blooded people. We don't have say, snow clothes. Yeah. <laughs> 30 degree Hawaiians in <laughs> 30 degree weather is a real, that's yeah. a real act. That's a real, it was, it was yeah. horrible. We, we went up there. I had a, I oh. thought I had a, my, my warmest jacket and a sweatshirt, and I thought it was good. I was freezing. I was freezing. And uh, we stood up there, and we stopped. Yeah. And we stopped the trucks. And then what the government did was they sent up all uh, the, the police force. They sent up the sheriffs, mm. and they came up. Uh, by the third day we were up there, they all came up there, and we, we were ready for them. But we were blocking the access road to go up. And – you know who stood up there? It's usually like they say, put the men up there in the front because they're the warriors, you know, or put these, you know, put the young ones in the front or whatever. It was our kupuna, our elders that said, we're going to be the front line. So they stood, they stood in the road in 30 degree weather, wrapped in blankets and, and they were arrested one by one. And we watched. And we were told, while, while this is going on, excuse me, while this is going on, we were told, and we were hundreds of us standing on the side, and, and these guys came up, and they had tear gas. They, they had this thing called the LRAD system, which they said, and they were, they were trying to scare us through the media and said, it's this thing where they turn it on, and the sound is so loud that your ears will bleed, that your internal organs will just start to vibrate and you'll just basically explode. And they brought one of those things up there. We didn't know what to expect. We came, people were passing out earplugs and um, we thought we could die. And so we had all our children across the street and those that didn't want to be harmed we had them across the street, out of harm's way, and we stood there. And our kupuna were in the middle of the road, and they arrested them one by one. And our kupuna said, when, when you're going to arrest me, I'm not going to walk to the van. You're going to carry me. And so there were ones that were in wheelchairs with walkers that said, I'm not walking. You're going to carry me. And what they told us, what our leaders told us is, while this is going on, we're going to do this thing. We're going to practice Kapu Aloha. Kapu Aloha is um, a, a, our form of, of resistance through a nonviolent you know, confrontation. Kapu means forbidden. Kapu means law. It's spelled K-A-P-U, Kapu. And if you come here and you try to go to like certain waterfalls or you go to places that you, know, you can't go, you'll see a sign that says Kapu means forbidden. You can't go there. Don't trespass. And of course, aloha. 
So Kapu Aloha is our way of showing aloha through our law of practicing nonviolent uh, confrontation. So nobody fought, nobody yelled. They said, don't make one sound. Don't yell, don't scream, don't get in anybody's face, don't anything. And we stood there. In fact, they asked us to sit down. We took off, they said, take off your sunglasses, take off your face coverings, because we want everyone to see your face. And they arrested them one by one. While we watched. And we didn't say anything because we honored them. By not taking that moment away from them. They've waited 70, 80 years for this moment to honor our people, to honor our ancestors by doing this. And they were all arrested and they were taken away. And after all the kupuna were taken away, you know who stepped up next? It wasn't the men, it was the women. There was a hundred women that came and stood in the, in the, the line and said, okay, take us next. And they locked arms and we stood there and watched. And the law enforcement said, no, no more. And they left. And that was the last day that we got arrested up there. And we stood there, we've stayed there till the beginning of this year, till the pandemic hit. And in order to protect our kupuna, our, our elders, we said, you know what? The governor said, we're not gonna, we're not gonna build anything. They were able to stop it. And they said, we're not gonna build anything. You guys go down. And so we packed up, you know, for our safety, we packed up and we had their promise and the mayor from, from Hawaii Island promised they're not gonna bring any trucks up. They're not gonna start building. So it's all clear right now, but any given moment, Right. We're all ready to go. We've had the what we call the kahe of the call a few times to go up there. And people in thousands will stop, won't go to work, won't go to school, jump on the next plane and go up there. And we're there. We're standing there and ready. We're ready for anything. And why? Because Mauna, Mauna Kea, Mauna Awa Kea is our ancestor. That is our Mount Fuji. That is our pico, our, our belly button that connects us. Yeah. And if that's taken, we don't have anything else. We don't have anywhere to go. And if we can let them take that, they're going to continue to take. There's 13 telescopes up there. And they want to build this one that's 30 meters. They just think that it's 30 meters tall. It's not 30 meters tall. 30 meters is the circumference of the telescope. That's how big that telescope is. Ugh. So this building itself is going to be hundreds of feet high on an island that if you go there, anyone who's gone to Hilo or Kona knows you can't have a, a, a building that's more than four stories tall. We don't have high rises there. And it's because of this conservation and sustainability that we, we try to practice. And so, and the footprint of the parking lots of the other buildings are going to be like acres and acres. And so they're saying, well, we, 
you know, why, what's one more telescope? We need the telescope. We need the science. We need this. We're not against science. We're against the desecration of our land. We have 13 other really telescopes. really clear. I just want to it say is. that's like a very clear There's no way else to say it. Yeah. We're not fighting science. We embrace science. You know what our science is? Our science is watching the waves, watching the winds, watching the stars. We don't need a telescope to study these things. Uh, if we can't take care of our land here, yeah. and what we say, <laughs> if we can't malama, we, malama means to take care of, if we can't malama this place, why are we going to go up in space? We got to take care of this place first before we can go up there. And so we're fighting mm -hmm. for these resources, not only for us. There's the biggest water aquifer in Mauna Kea that feeds half of the, of the island with fresh water that if they dig into that, they're going to contaminate that water like our, our brothers and sisters in North Dakota, you know, at Standing Rock. And that's why a bunch of our people went and stood with them while we've been up there for a year. Everyone that we stood with around the, uh, around the world came and stood with us. And the Lakota Indians came. We've had every Polynesian nation came. We've had our Japanese brothers and ancestors came. Uh, brothers and sisters came. Black Lives Matters movement came. And that's why we stand with them. Because we all stand for each other's rights when it's needed. They came for us, and now we're standing with them. And, and so we, we try to practice this every day. But it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to, you know, when someone's yelling and screaming in your face to say, yeah. I love you. And I, I try to understand where you're coming from, but I hope you understand where I'm coming from. But, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's part of what, uh, what we're fighting for now. And that's kind of our, 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 our main thing. They've been building these big wind turbines on our island that are right next to a school that have shown to cause, you know, medical issues with our children. And we've stood against that people getting tased, people getting, getting uh, arrested for that as well. We're standing for every piece of land that we are connected to over here through our families. And so we invite everyone else to do that, you know, go home. And it's, it's to look at this example that was set by our fight for Mauna Kea that it, it, it fires up something in you and go, okay, well, what's my fight? I'm going to go home to my homeland, to my Aina, to my neighborhood, whatever, and fight for that. That's what we should be fighting for. And that's what we should be standing for is those things, you know? And so um, it was, it was very gracious of, of the Daybreaker um, guys. They, they wanted to um, have me come and talk about that a little bit. After we hung up, they wanted to donate money. And so they donated $1,000 to kahea.org, which helps in our fight, which helps with bail money. <laughs> it yeah. helps with resources. It helps with all kinds of stuff. It was so silly. This is how silly our government is. We had our own people and our own uh, Hawaiian organizations that donated money for things like porta potties. We had over 1,000 1, people there at any given moment up there camping. Well, not camping, but staying in their cars. Yeah. Or, you know, we're not desecrating the land. We're taking care of the land while we're there. Um, we have, everything is on donations. We had a food tent that people would bring donations and feed thousands of people every day. No money. We had porta potties whatever resources we need. Our Hawaiian organizations 
um, um, put money into those, donated those money. Our governor came back, at, no, it was actually our, our attorney general came back and said, we're going to go and subpoena those guys and we're going to find out everybody who donated money to this cause and they're going to go after them. And we all said, go ahead. We, we had people that donated miles on Hawaiian Air so that our friends could go and go. They, they subpoenaed Hawaiian Air to find out who donated miles so that people could go up there. Is that the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard? <laughs> it is it is the the vigilant it, like the oppression must be vigilant or else it loses to which yes. i believe in my deep as being it is losing <laughs> yes losing, yes losing yes. ground yes 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 I'm, yes yes i'm so and yes it's ludicrous it's insane it is insanity mm -hmm. like yes yeah. that is the yeah I completely just to just to be clear on that. Point. Yeah, yeah. So sorry, sorry for all those emotions, but really, that's no, that's no. Please, no, no, no. Yeah. I really, I, I don't. I, 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 I don't want your apology. What I want, what I want, is an is an opportunity to thank you for your, for your tears, for your heart, for your passion, for your presence, and your giving of yourself in this way to bring yourself so fully here that's an honoring and a blessing to me and to my listeners, to those that are sitting with us right now. So in, I'm, yeah. So the, to bless your feelings and to bless your courage mm -hmm. and your courage to be in love and courageous silence and to be in courageous shouting when each one is when loved. it calls for when it call when it's called for yeah when yeah. it calls for yeah but thank you thank you for all that so just to bring a, a bit of awareness i'm sorry i know we could talk for days and weeks and, and we still we still do um I, I invite you to call me back anytime you want to talk more about these things uh i'd love to i'd love to and, and i hope that uh people get an insight to really our people our hawaii people which yeah. uh there's a living breathing thriving culture we're not a past tense people not we're tense. we're growing and we're mm -hmm. we're multiplying and we're strengthening and we're empowering and just like all our other indigenous brothers and sisters but no yeah thank you for for helping us to magnify our voice and to bring more awareness to our causes again they're not just for our people they're for all humans all our all our natural resources i tell people that come over here we're fighting for this not for our kanaka not for our natives but for you so that when you come over here you have clean water you know you have the beautiful trees so that we can have great oxygen and and beautiful mountains to protect us you notice that and and i don't want to uh, uh what we, i don't know the, the english word for it <laughs> but um we say bachi but um I don't even know how to say, it, but if you if you watch that, we have all these major hurricanes that come here, and they're yeah. coming towards. They're always coming towards the Big Island of Hawaii. If you ever watch it on the map, and as soon as it gets to Mauna Kea, what happens to it? It fizzles. It fizzles away, and that just shows how much mana and how important Mauna Kea is to us because it protects yeah. us. We need to protect it. You know. And I want to, I want to echo the part that like, not only are you doing it for the land and mm -hmm. for the, for the, just the like right action of it. Right. Mm -hmm. But the understanding of all of, all of this, the earth's body is one body. Right. Yes. So like her yes. belly button and her mountain ranges and her 
waterways in every place. Like your honoring of her body is honoring of the body that I'm standing on top of right here. Like it's not a separate body, you know? And so, so I, I thank you and I am with you in that. And, uh, yeah. And I'm going to include, go ahead and check out the, in the show notes, friends. And if you have the availability to throw some funds to support the work here, you're invited to, and to stay in contact and, there's a petition you can go and sign and yes and yes. Uh, encourage you to just like learn and and contribute and to weave as we weave our our voices our mm -hmm. strength together right that coming home that belonging that we recognize that we are not we are never alone it's remembering sometimes yes. i used to I say stop pretending to do it alone yes. right because yes. we're not right. we never right. are and right. so what it is right. to to remember right. Sean, thank and you'll you. find that thank you thank you so much i really really appreciate that yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, I appreciate what you do and the knowledge and the wisdom and the energy and the love and the aloha that you, you share with everyone around. I can, I can sense that. I can sense that through your messages, you know, just by you reaching out to me. So it was an honor to be here and to share what little wisdom I could with you. Um, but I, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Take care, everybody. Deep breaths. Take a moment. Take a breath. Feel this earth body underneath you. Remember that that body is not separate from your body. Take a moment to love that body, this one body. Be well. I'll see you next time. Aloha. Aloha. Thank you so much. <laughs>
If this episode or another episode fed you and was just what you need, consider sending it and sharing it with a friend. Thank you. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for all your work, all your medicine. I know deep in my being, you are weaving with me. Thank you. Thank you. We are in this together.